when we were kids, my dad used to greet us as we walked into a room by saying, hello them. I don't know what that means. He, that's his way of saying hello. And then he said, let me see your kind eyes. And then as we walked out the door into the world, he'd say, remember to have kind eyes. Now he said this phrase to us, but also to a lot of kids who have come his way, encouraging them to have kind eyes. And mind you, my siblings and myself needed that reminder frequently. We'd have dagger eyes, envy eyes, jealous, covetous eyes, mean eyes, irritated eyes, angry eyes, plotting eyes, glaring eyes. If eyes are a window to the soul, more often than not, ours showed a little disturbance inside. We're in a sermon series on the fruit of the spirit. Our guiding verses are Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These qualities increase in our lives as we abide in Jesus. And the metaphor of growing fruit is so helpful because who among us doesn't need more fruit of the Spirit? Fruit grows, we enjoy a harvest when it ripens, and then it grows all over again in a new season. I love that growing, using, enjoying, replenishing metaphor of fruit. We come today to kindness. I want you to think about someone, a person that you know who is kind. What qualities make someone kind? How would you describe a kind person? Selfless, Selfless, generous, generous, caring, caring, nice, giving. Well, Then think about what is the opposite of kind. What would you say is the opposite of kind? Mean. Mean. Selfish. Harsh. Spiteful. Rude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, the uh, Old Testament word for kindness is chesed. It's a strong word that's used to describe God's powerful love towards us, and it's often translated as loving kindness. You probably have seen that in some translations. In our Pew translation, it's translated as the steadfast love. So say the verse with me if you know it. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. The loving kindness of God never ceases. Kindness is an essential attribute of God. There's no limit. There's no running out, no end to God's kindness. Aren't we glad about that? When we come to the New Testament and to the specific word that is used in Galatians 5, it can have a range of meanings. It's not automatically translated as kindness everywhere in the New Testament. In Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is 
and my burden is light. Easy, that is the same word that is used in Galatians 5 for kind. And then in Luke 5, chapter 30, uh, verse 39, Jesus says, No one after drinking old wine desires new wine, but says the old is good. The word good is that word that is translated kind in Galatians. And elsewhere, good or goodness is used of that word also. Of course, that, that Greek word is translated, obviously, as kind as well. In the Sermon on the Plain, this is Luke's equivalent of Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. Jesus commands his disciple to love their enemies. Luke chapter 6, verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. The New Testament agrees with the Old Testament. The character of God is characterized by kindness toward all, even the unworthy. And if we are to be called children of God, if, we're, if we look like our heavenly daddy, to have that family resemblance, we must, must match our character to our father, match God's love, match God's kindness towards people who don't deserve it, match God's mercy, especially towards someone we don't care for, especially to a difficult family member, especially to people behaving badly. We are to match God's kindness across a spectrum of all the people we meet, even to an enemy. When we read the fruit of the Spirit, there are so many robust qualities in there that we might be tempted to gloss over kindness and focus on a bigger power word like love. But it turns out that kindness is more of a challenge than we realized if we are to include all kinds of people like the wicked and the ungrateful. Now, the, the problem, the problem is that if we were to inject kindness into all of our interactions, other people might take advantage of us because kindness makes us more vulnerable. Because kindness opens us up to the other and we might want to close ourselves instead. Clang those gates shut, draw up the footbridge, barricade ourselves inside of the fortress where it's safe instead of risking kindness. And uh, that's one problem. There's another problem. There's another bigger problem, maybe, in that we would much rather judge the other person. That's something we're really good at. We're really good at judging other people. Now, have you seen the photos that come under the heading, People of Walmart? Apparently, there are more oddballs, more weirdly dressed people at Walmart than at any other places. So let me show you a few of these uh, gems. Okay, now I don't know what is going, what that tail thing is there, but um, next. 
I, these people, I don't know. I, I couldn't even read. I was so taken aback. I couldn't even read their message. Go ahead, next. There are dogs of Walmart. Dog, do you have feelings about people who primp their dogs? Dogs of Walmart. Go ahead. Okay, now, I low-key have much sympathy for this boy in the bottom of the cart. Because don't you feel like that shopping sometimes? I don't know. I, I, I could, I identify with him. Next. Oh, and this man, this poor man. You know his air conditioning is not working at his house. I might join him. Uh, it's, you know it's a hot day. I might be a person of Walmart, too, because I have full sympathy. Okay, next. Except he is kind of leaning on your no. food. Oh, Super Bowl Sunday. Look, he did not have a shirt for his face. He's a, he's a chief, a chief uh, a fan. He did not have a shirt, and he did not have his beer. So he's getting ready for the game. Game time. Okay, next. Is he getting deodorant? Oh, he might need that. Okay, this is a parent. He's telling his kids, I have eyes in the back of my head. That's what I interpret that as. Okay, next. Okay. It's a vital part of the genes are missing, miss next, let's go quick, next. We can't see, oh, that's it, okay. Now, how many of you instantly judge the, po the person in the photo? Yep. How many of you judge me for putting that last photo in? You know what, I'm, I'm joining you, I'm judging myself. That was uncalled for in a church. I would fall under my own judgment right there. Um, there's another trend going on that, that of posting videos that make you laugh unkindly at another person with the words, a caption, if you laugh, you're going to hell. And then you see the person who's posting the, the, the video, you see them side by side, and then when the person starts to laugh, then Jesus pops out behind the shoulder, and they have to instantly stop laughing. If you laugh, you're going to hell. Well, immediately following the previous verse, describing the kindness of God to the ungrateful and the wicked, kindness of God to the ungrateful and the wicked, Luke 6, 37, Jesus continues, do not judge. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Kindness, forgiveness, mercy, goodness, they all live in the same neighborhood, the no-judgment-here neighborhood. I was thinking about what kindness is and absorbing what it means to be kind, and the psychological phrase, unconditional positive regard, came to my mind. It refers to a basic acceptance and support of a person regardless of what that person says or done. And it's especially in the context of client-centered therapy. Unconditional positive regard, that's kindness. It's kind eyes, really, where you see the other person in a positive light. In therapy, that kindness creates an atmosphere of trust where then some pretty ugly things can be 
taken out and safely examined and eventually healed. So think about those people that you might know who are kind. And think about how we feel when they come into the room, when we're in conversation with them. And then think about a judgy person we might know. And think about how we tense up when they're around because we're not quite sure if today they're going to have kind eyes or they might just have critical eyes when they look us over. And then think about how we feel when we are doing the judging how we don't even notice it most of the time, how it's so much a fabric of our life, how we're tempted to laugh at the ridiculous, ter terrible choices of others, how we look down on other people. There are whole categories of people that we feel justified in looking down on. Kindness doesn't mix with judgment. And God is a kind God. And we need to be kind like him. No excuses. Luke 6 is very, very clear. Jesus' teachings have that way of poking at you and prodding at you and making you uncomfortable in their demands and implications. And I was wrestling with this juxtaposition of kindness and judgment, and I was feeling the Luke passage very heavy on my heart, so I was delighted that I found a loophole in Scripture the word kind crops up in Romans chapter 11. This is a passage which, which details the kindness of God, but the other side of the coin as well, the judgment of kind. And can it be that we are allowed to do both, that we can use our discernment to be both kind and judgy? Let's look a little bit at this. It's really in a tricky part of Romans chapter 9 through 11 where Paul is tackling the fact that the people of Israel who had been prepared for generations upon generations to recognize their Messiah, Jesus Christ, had failed to do so and were in fact opposed to the Messiah sent by the Father. So Paul was ju just, has just finished saying that the Gentiles who were outside of the covenant did recognize Jesus as the one who was sent from God. So now they have been welcomed in to receive their inheritance as adopted children along side their Jewish believing brothers and sisters. Paul used another growth metaphor to make his point. The Jewish unbelieving branches of the olive tree, the root, the root is God, the unbelieving branches have been broken off and the Gentiles are the wild olive branches they have been grafted in. But he warns the Gentiles are not to become proud, instead they are to stand humbly before God for they came through faith, not by works. And if they become proud or entitled because of their status, God can just as easily break them off the tree as he did the unbelieving Jews. And now we come to our verse, Romans 22, verse, no, 11, chapter 11, verse 22. This is our verse. Note then the kindness, that's the same word in Galatians, and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen but God's kindness towards you, provided you continue in his kindness. Provided you continue in his kindness. Well, who wouldn't want to continue in God's kindness? Otherwise, you will also be cut off. And even those of Israel, if they do not persist in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. So in this passage, severity, which is a form of judgment, severity is the opposite of kindness. 
Now think about whose voice in your life is the severe voice in your life. Often it's a parent's voice because we do get that tone of voice. We have a severe tone of voice. I think, uh, can I say all parents have a severe, harsh tone? And when your parent uses that, you know there's some consequences about to follow. Um, maybe it, it, it's a boss. And you knew when that tone was taken that you were in trouble. There could be a, a voice, a, a severe voice in your head. By contrast, God has shown tremendous kindness to you, to you Gentiles. That's almost all of us. By allowing you into the promise by making a way so that you too can be a covenant people and he has shown severity to those who have fallen the passage say oh do you see our loophole closing as i can see it closing even now does god judge people for their clothing choices nope Neither should we. Does he judge people by their bodies, by their physical characteristics? Nope. Neither should we. Does he enjoy severity? Nope. God does not enjoy severity. And we should think about our own judging and severity as to whether we do enjoy a little bit of that. God wants people to come back to him. So we should not enjoy that either. And who is he judging? Who is he showing severity to in this passage? Not the pagan Gentiles. Goodness knows, those people were just out there. He's not judging them. He's judging the good religious people who in righteousness have missed their savior. This is a category of people we are familiar with because we are them. We church people are them. We might fall into the camp and the temptation for us is to judge the externals, but miss the gaping hole on the inside. The temptation is for us to assure ourselves that we're okay because we go to church or because we pray or because we tithe or because we fill in whatever blank you want to you fill in there. That's our temptation. And it turns out that God's severity is not a loophole at all for us to justify our unkindness, for us to judge other people, it turns out that what looked like a loophole serves instead as a warning against falling away from Jesus. Falling away from the kindness of God. Why would you do that? But we do. We fall away from the kindness of God. And it turns out that on this passage of severity, that in the end, Paul says, God can put people back in. He doesn't want them out. He can graft them right back in, come back to the kindness of God. Kindness is a pear in our logo, the Fruit of the Spirit logo. Is there anyone here who does not like pears? No? Everybody likes pears? So-so. Okay. Um, Pears may not look like much on the outside, but did you know that pears improve kidney health and gut health? Pears have anti-inflammatory properties. The anthrocyanin and cyanamic acid, I don't even know how to say that, content in pears can fight cancer. Pears are low in calories, high in 
water and fiber. Pears can make you feel good. They are a perfect weight loss food. They've done a study where if people eat three pears a day, which is a little bit mind-boggling to me, they can lose two pounds in four weeks, something like that. Because it fills you up with better stuff than you're used to filling yourself up. That's a lot of pears. <laughs> Kindness may not look glamorous, but it improves life dramatically beyond the effort it takes to be kind to others. I think I better say that again. Kindness may not look glamorous, but improves life dramatically beyond the effort it takes to be kind to others. And as we go through this series, we have been encouraging you to take a hard look at some of the difficult situations or relationships in your own lives, some broken or frayed relationships. And each Sunday, put that fruit of the Spirit into action in a way that is visible to someone else. Give others the harvest of that fruit in your life, and you also may enjoy it alongside of them. So this week, the challenge is to put kindness into effect. But you also have been, I know you've been doing this, putting joy, love, peace, and patience. Already you've been doing, putting that every week into effect, right? And they all go together, don't they? So that if somebody said, hey, what do you think about that person? Is that person kind of you? Someone else would say, oh, yeah, that's a kind, that's a kind person. What we find when we dig into the fruit of the Spirit is that all of them are powerful attributes which, when used in interpersonal relationships, they radically change the situations and the relations for the better. None of them are for melting into the background just to get along. None of them are for getting stepped on. None of them are for letting injustice continue. No, they're really powerful ways to change the status Quote, they're radical ways of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. When I lived in Mexico City, traffic jams, big traffic jams happened. Every single day they were, there was nothing remarkable or newsworthy about them. But there was one that made the news, one that made the news. And these people had been going this way, and there was a traffic jam. So some bright guy from the back decided he was going to go on the shoulder. So he went on the shoulder. The minute he went on the shoulder, all the other cars followed him on the shoulder. And somehow, they were all trying to get going this way. And they ended up doubling back on the people who they had gotten out of this traffic jam. And they came back, and they were faced head to head with each other. And there was no, nowhere to go, no way to move out. It took hours. It took all night for that traffic jam to clear up. It was, it was newsworthy. And sometimes uh, relationships, relational long-term problems are like that. Sometimes institutions are like that. Strain and bitterness and wrong has built up and it has permeated all the cracks and crevices and it has blocked any resolution, it has blocked any flow. And it doesn't seem possible to change the dynamics, to change how we respond, because it's been that way for so long. It seems set in stone. It seems impossible to us. But it's not impossible with God. 
the fruit of the Spirit growing in us breaks some things apart in us that need to go. The fruit of the Spirit growing in us produces a radical inbreaking into impossible situations. Kindness is disarming. Let us continue in God's kindness as the apostle encourages. Continue in God's kindness. Let's plant ourselves there in God's kindness because we surely need it, and so do the people around us. Let's pray. God, I am so thankful that you know what we need before we know what we need. And I am so thankful that you have given us the fruit of your spirit. And I'm so thankful that you are a kind and loving God to us. And I want to live there. I want to be planted there in your kindness, God. And help all of us to dwell so long in your kindness that it spills out into the lives of others. Help us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.